0: Turn with me this morning in your Bible to Psalm 89 Psalm 89 We're just going to read the first part of the Psalm I'm not read all 52 verses but just a part Psalm 89 If you follow with me Let's read the words of the Lord, Psalm 89, verse one. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations, for I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen I have sworn unto David my servant Thy seed will I establish forever And build up thy throne to all generations Selah And the heavens shall praise thy wonders O Lord Thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord Who among the sons of the mighty Can be likened unto the Lord God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be held in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee, thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain, Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm. Strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense. And the Holy One of Israel is our King. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, we're turning this morning to Psalm 89 that I read in your presence. And I want to take for my text the verse 15. So Psalm 89, verse 15 it reads as follows blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. they shall walk O Lord in the light of thy countenance now I want us to think today of the theme that I've entitled knowing the joyful Sound." and as I've looked at this text of scripture even though it was a busy week it was in my mind uh, from Monday Uh, I haven't really had much time until the weekend here To really uh, begin to develop it But I, I want to set before you four simple little thoughts That come to me The first thought is this The subject of the joyful sound Notice the words here The joyful sound Now, what is the joyful sound? What did the psalmist mean when he said this, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound? Well, when you read the commentaries, it's interesting that you're getting a variety of opinions as to what it actually means. There's 115 references in the Bible to the word sound, starting in Genesis All the way through to Revelation In fact there's 13 references to the word sound In the book of Revelation And I'm going to suggest to you Bringing what the commentaries have suggested I'm going to bring it together in in a fourfold picture So as you think of the subject of the joyful sound This is what I believe the psalmist had in mind Could I suggest to you It's the joyful sound of truth You see, when you read Psalm 89 in one sitting, all 52 verses, it's all about the Lord. Verse 1, the mercies of the Lord. Verse 1, the faithfulness of the Lord. In fact, that's one of the key words. It's mentioned seven times. The faithfulness of the Lord. In fact, we've just been singing, great is thy faithfulness. Verse 3 mentions the covenant of the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful subject in itself? The the covenant of redemption, the covenant of grace. The word covenant, young people, means an agreement. You think of God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit entered into an agreement to bring about the great uh, scheme of redemption in eternity past based in grace. What about the promises of the Lord? Uh, verse 4, in fact, he says here, Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations, Selah. And what is that? That's a reference to Christ. Christ is the seed of promise. We could also think about the fear of the Lord. In verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are About him And then in verse 8 The strength of the Lord, O Lord God of hosts Who is a strong Lord like unto thee Or to thy faithfulness round about thee You see, whenever I read through Psalm 89 Not only does three words in this psalm Strike me That are repeated often But the overall subject Is about the Lord It's about who he is It's about what he's like. It's about what he has done and what he is doing. And remember what I said at the end about Mr. Noisy. Be still and know that I am God. And God wants us to be still so that we can know him. So that we can hear the joyful sound of truths about him coming into our ears. And and that has to be at least part of the joyful sound that the psalmist had in mind here. But could I suggest something else very quickly? It's the sound of testimony. Turn in your Bibles there to one of those 113 references to the word sound. Exodus chapter 28, verse 35. Exodus chapter 28, verse 35. It says, And it shall be upon Aaron to minister Could I just point out that Aaron was Israel's first high priest? And it says here, And his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. Now think about that. And his sound shall be heard when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord. And when he cometh out, that he die not. As I've said, this is a reference to Aaron the high priest. And he was going into the holy place. Remember in the holy place there was the golden candlestick, the, the lampstand. Uh, there is the uh, altar of incense where prayer was offered. And also there's the table of the showbread. Now, whenever Aaron, the high priest, went in to minister, he's going in, remember, as God's representative on behalf of the people. And whenever he went in, young people, he had to wear a special garment. And it had a special color. It had to be blue. And it was blue from the top to the bottom. And at the bottom of that garment, which we'll call the hem, There was a golden bale sewn into the garment. And beside the bale, there was a pomegranate fruit. Now, every detail of that garment, and we're not doing the high priest garments this morning, every detail of that garment's important. And everything that was in that garment, or about that garment, its hue and its hem, all was there for a special spiritual meaning. And what is true of Israel's high priest in the Old Testament is also true of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, much more true of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when he was in the holy place ministering, whether it was the table of showbread or at the golden candlestick or at the golden uh, altar offering the incense, whenever he was moving about, the bells were ringing. The bells made a noise. Every one of those golden bells had a little ringer inside. Now here's interesting. One day of the year, he laid aside those garments. Those beautiful garments. And he went from the holy place into the holy of holies. And that was on the day of atonement. And it was on that day... That the animals of course were slain and their blood was shed and carried in a basin and sprinkled on the heavenly mercy seat the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And the high priest Aaron made an atonement for himself and for the people. And whenever he came out again, out from the Holy of Holies, having sprinkled it with blood, he then took off those lovely linen garments... And he put on his beautiful garments once more in the holy place. And then as he moved about, then the people heard him moving and they knew that he was still alive. The bells rang out and it rang out this message that he is alive. You think this morning of our Lord Jesus Christ He not only offered a great sacrifice for sin once and for all In the shedding of his precious blood But once that sacrifice was accepted and the blood atonement was made And in this ground forgiveness of course and covering for sin could be effective There was the sound made And the sound of the bells indicated that he is alive and you see, this morning, here's good news. Our high priest is alive. And the joyful sound is the sound of a testimony that he's alive. The precious blood has been presented. The precious blood has been accepted. And he is alive and alive forevermore. Have you heard this message? Do you know this? Remember the the uh, angels told the woman, um, he is not here. He is risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord When the Lord Jesus died on the cross, remember, he offered himself a once and for all sacrifice to God. But where is he today? He's no longer on the cross. The cross is empty. You look at the tomb, the tomb is empty. Jesus, who died on the cross, is now alive forevermore. And could I just emphasize that's one of the key notes of the gospel. There was a day when he was crucified. Put to death, but this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. But there was a day of resurrection. Jesus Christ is alive. And in light of this fact, we have been ransomed and restored and, and healed and forgiven. Remember what the Bible tells us over there in the the book of Romans, in Romans chapter four, and in the uh, verse uh, 25, uh, the apostle Paul said, who was delivered for our offenses, that's his death on the cross, and was raised again for, that means because of, or, or in light of, our justification. Our justification is grounded On the blood sacrifice of Christ And in light of that sacrifice Being accepted He was raised again From the dead This is a glorious truth The sounding of this Testimony Is indeed a joyful sound He is alive Could I just add something else The high priest was appearing in the presence of God for us. Not only was he alive, but he's appearing in the presence of God for us. And not only that, but he was doing something else. He was active in that holy place. He was praying for the people. And it's not exactly what our Lord Jesus, our great high priest, does for us in heaven. He's alive for us now. He appears in the presence of God for us. He is active in that he is a ministry. He's making intercession for us. And he can say of you this morning and all your struggles and strains of life, for you I am praying. Isn't that a wonderful, comforting truth? Remember what, again, we read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Isn't that a tremendous encouragement? And then over in Hebrews 7 and verse 25, we read, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, for such an high priest. Became us who was holy, harmless, undefiled Separate from sinners And made higher than the heavens You think this morning Of this church and its need And the Lord Jesus is praying for us in heaven He's praying that we might know him as Lord and Savior He's praying that we might be kept by the power of God He's praying that we might know the joy And the strength of the Lord He's praying that we'll be united together He's praying that we might be sanctified Through his truth He's praying that we will be with him one day In heaven You see, it suggests the sound of a testimony. Very quickly, it suggests the sound of a trumpet. Did you know that many Jewish feasts used trumpets to announce something special that was happening? Take, for example, the Feast of Jubilee. The Feast of Jubilee was a day of release from slavery and bondage. Think about the poor. They were in debt. They they couldn't... um, Look after themselves Uh, They they were going to die in starvation So what they did was they they sold their children They sold their home They sold themselves to one of their brethren And they had to abide in that uh, sense of servitude uh, And abide as being debtors to their master They had lost all And this only happened every 50 years And on the day of Jubilee A trumpet was blown. And the sound of his trumpet restored them, freed them from slavery. The man, the woman, his children, even his house, his goods, his farm, the master had to restore it all because this was the law that governed the children of Israel. And here's the psalmist, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. It's not only the sound of truth that God is faithful. It's not only the sound of a testimony that the high priest is alive, that the one who offered the sacrifice is alive and appears in the presence of God for us and is active in our part, but also the day of release has come. You can read about this in Leviticus 25 and verse 9. Now think this morning of poor, perishing souls. They have little hope. They're full of despair. They're a slave without rights. But there's a day comes... When the joyful sound is heard in the land. A day when all slaves can go free. Do you know I was struck with the fact of the word sound here? I was thinking about the day that Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. You could hear the news, man has fallen. And we have fallen in Adam. And we're now in a state of sin and misery. And you, you, you think about man this morning as a, as a poor, lost, miserable sinner. And that, that's how to describe ourselves. We're ordinary human clay. We're not only sinners, but we're miserable sinners. We, we have little joy or happiness in the world. And then what do we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8? The voice of the Lord came walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Do you know the word voice? It means wind. It could also mean, literally in the Hebrew, sound. The sound of the Lord. Seeking out a lost soul, calling to Adam, where art thou? And there's the law first mentioned in the Hebrew. It's Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Literally, if I was making it up, it would be 114 references for the word sound. Because the word voice can mean sound, and it also can mean wind. You think about the law of further mentioned In Leviticus 26, 36 It talks about the sound of a shaken leaf Shall chase them You think of a soul trembling Full of fear for his life And being so afraid That even a shaking leaf from a tree Terrifies him And then think about the law of final mention. In the book of Revelation, it says in Revelation 18, no more shall the sound of the millstone be heard. The millstone speaks of work. The work is done. And because there's a joyful sound of the trumpet, then you don't need to be afraid anymore. You don't need to be shaking like a leaf. You don't need to be miserable because... You can be restored. You can be set free. Is this not a sound that all sinners need to hear? Is this not a sound that in Christ, a person is set free, to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. All in Christ. Everything that was lost in Adam is now restored in Christ. You see, it's a sound of the trumpet that fills one with joy and delight. Let me just suggest another thing. The sound of triumph. You see, the sound of the trumpet usually was the sound of victory and the sound of hope. Over there in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 24, the Lord talks about making a sound of a going in the top of the mulberry trees. And here's the Lord arising in his strength And then his power coming uh, um, via the the top of the mulberry trees, going on before his people to fight for them, to, to defeat the enemy. And you see, it gives comfort and hope and strength to the people. It reassures them that this is the sound of triumph that's going to happen. So here's the picture. The subject of the joyful sound. What is it? It's the sound of truth about God as he reveals himself to us it's the sound of a testimony that God in Christ is alive because the blood has been applied and he appears now for us and he's active in our behalf it's a sound of a trumpet because the day of release has come it's the sound of triumph because it's a day of victory and power Blessed is the people that shall know the joyful sound. And I suggest to you, those four opinions, each one of them are equally valid. So if you read a commentary that says this is what it means, just bear that in mind this morning. I want to share something else with you, not only the subject of the joyful sound, but the secret of the joyful sound. If you look at the text, it says, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Notice it doesn't use the word heard. Heard. The joyful sound You see it's not just the hearing Of the joyful sound That's important But it's knowing it And and the word know Here means to have a deep Intimate affection of And here's The secret This joyful sound is known In particular By the Lord's people The Lord's people Could I point out are a happy and blessed people It's not addressing every individual in the world God has a dear people who belong to him It says blessed is the people that know the joyful sound In the Old Testament it was mostly made up of Jews But not exclusively In the New Testament it was more Jews and Gentiles How? The answer is they knew the joyful sound And we were singing, we have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves. Not only has Jesus died and Jesus is alive, but Jesus saves. And the Bible talks about, um, I will be their God and they shall be my people. In fact, the apostle Peter mentions about a time when we were not the people of God. He says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and in the verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God how did they become the people of God and here's the answer through faith in this joyful sound this message that has come it's faith in Christ as Lord and Savior do you know what's a wonderful thing to be one of the Lord's people there's a little chorus, and I, I can't remember if it was ever sung here. Maybe Wilfie will remember. It's a grand thing to be a Christian, isn't there? it? Used to be a wee song. They got a grand thing. To, used to sing it in Korean all the time. A grand thing to be a Christian. It's you know it's wonderful to be a true believer. And, and not only to have heard this, but but to know it. See, God's people are not only His by faith. They've not only heard this message because my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. But God's people are truly happy. Not in their circumstances, but happy in Christ. You don't have to be sore and miserable and long-faced and carry a burden as if you were Charlie Atlas on your shoulders that weighs you down. How many of God's people are weighed down by the burdens of life? But what have they forgotten? Not only am I his... Not Only have I heard and know this joyful sound But happy is that people whose God is the Lord Isn't this a wonderful truth? I was thinking of this text last night As I was pondering uh, if I should preach this message this morning And uh, this thought come to me in Psalm 146 in verse 5 It says, happy is that people that hath the God of Jacob for his help Whose hope is in the Lord his god That's a wonderful text of scripture. The God of Jacob for his help. You, you can be happy this morning. Why? Because the God of Jacob can be for your help. Your hope can be in him. Does the Bible not say the joy of the Lord is your strength? Have you ever heard the story of Billy Bray? This is what he said by way of testimony. Once I was a bad man. Then I met Jesus Christ. Now I'm a glad man. Do you know when Billy Bray's wife died? Billy Bray was in the front room and the coffin was there and uh, the coffin was open and Billy Bray, he was jumping and leaping over the coffin from one side to the other and he was shouting, hallelujah. He was shouting, praise the Lord. And there was a lady come in and she thought, Billy, this is madness. What are you doing? And he says, well, Lizzie, that's what he called her. She was called Elizabeth. This woman had called to offer her condolences, remember. And when she opened the door, there's Billy jumping over the coffin. And he said, I'm celebrating. Lizzie's in heaven. Lizzie's more beautiful than ever she was. And you know what? I'm going to heaven to see Lizzie. And he kept jumping over the coffin. You see, Billy Bray was noted as a man who was happy in Christ. They put him out of church, you know, for shouting hallelujah and praise the Lord. He told the minister, you put me in that barrel. As they threatened to do. And he says, I'll shout hallelujah out the bunghole. See, happy in Christ. The Bible talks about being reproached for his name. Being persecuted. You think of being persecuted today. You think of wanting to cry your eyes out. Death has come to the family. Despair, something tragic or something terrible has happened. Maybe it has to do with disease. And you're wondering how you're going to cope with that all the pressures and the problems of life, well, remember you're in Christ. Remember you're his by faith in Jesus. And and remember that you've heard the joyful sound, the sound of truth about him. You've heard the sound of his testimony. He's alive. You've heard the sound of the trumpet. The release has come. You're free. You're free in Christ. And you've got victory and triumph in him. Blessed is that people that know the joyful sound. Could I ask this morning, is He your Lord and Savior? Have you heard the sound of this truth? Do you know this testimony in a deep way that he, He's alive for me forevermore? Do you realize He's appearing in heaven for you right now as your representative? That He's actively praying for you this morning? Imagine, think of that. Us who are human, ordinary clay, miserable sinners, sinners at that, deserving of God's wrath, and yet Jesus in heaven is praying for us, praying for us individually, mentioning our names. Isn't that tremendous? That word blessed means happy, happy. Happy, happy is the people that know the joyful sound. And that today, to me, is indeed a wonderful uh, comfort. I want you to think very quickly, and it is quickly, the source of the joyful sound You see, the sound has to come from somewhere, hasn't it? I was sitting in the gallery in Board Mills Presbyterian yesterday and thought there's somebody trying to burst through the door at the back because it was rattling so loud during the service. I was listening last night when we got into bed and heard the sound of the wind outside. And I was saying, Lord, pity any poor creature that's out there on such a windy occasion. You see, the sound has to come from somewhere. And where does the sound come from? Remember what I said about the law of first mention? Go right back to Genesis. Look with me there at chapter 3 and verse 8. And it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And that word voice has to do with sound. The sound of the Lord God. The word sound can be translated wind. And you can hear the sound of the wind. You see, it comes from the Lord God. And if you look at our text very, very quickly, um, you, you'll discover here that it comes from God's throne. If you link it up, it says in verse 14, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Here's the fact we've got a king. If there's a throne, then the throne speaks of a king. The throne cannot be divorced from the king. Who is the king? Verse 18 For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our king. The people are truly happy. They're really blessed. Why? Because they can see by faith the king and the throne who, who rules and reigns over all. We have no king but Christ. Christ is the head and king of the church. Pope's certainly not the head and king of the church. Only Christ is because he occupies the throne. Think of the face of the king. Verse 14, mercy and truth shall go before thy face. 15, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. The face of Christ. They shall see his face. How beautiful and glorious the face of Christ is. Isn't that a wonderful comfort? God revealing himself to us through the faith of Christ. Remember what Paul says there in the book of um, Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he says in verse 6, he says, um, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God. The glory of the king and the throne is seen in the face of Christ. Do you know there's no blessing unless his face really shines upon us? Whenever a child is born, what's one of the things that we say in the act of dedication? Is it not those words in Numbers chapter 6? And we make it clear as we pray, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and the gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up the light of thy countenance upon thee and give thee peace. See that's the ironic blessing And we pray that over the children That they might see his face The face of the king And think about this The focus of the king It mentions there in 14 Justice and judgment It mentions mercy and truth Are the habitations of thy throne What is this king like As he reigns and rules on his throne His, his kingdom is founded in true justice And fearful judgment His kingdom is rooted in mercy and truth A throne that only does what's right. This is the greatest throne in the world. And this is the source of this joyful sound. It comes from this king on the throne. God's mercies. God's truth about being a sinner. About needing to be saved. Having a soul. That God's salvation is all of grace. That Jesus Christ is the only saviour of sinners. That we need to repent and believe the gospel. One final thing. Not only the subject of this joyful sound and not only the secret of the joyful sound, they shall know and know intimately because they're his people. Not only the source it comes from the throne, but think of the sweetness of the joyful sound. Now, if you read this here, and I'm just going to mention this, there's a sevenfold blessing here. And this is what first caught my eye when I read this passage. It says... If you think about it carefully, verse 15, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Think of the walk of the Christian, the walk of the people of God. How do we walk? In light of his face. In thy light, they shall see light. We're once in death and darkness, but now we're his, we're in the light. We walk as children of the light. And and notice this, it says, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day. There's, there's the wonder of the people of God. How can they rejoice when there's death and decay and everything all around them? Well, well, here's how they rejoice. In thy name shall they rejoice. It's the name of him who's seated on the throne, who's in absolute control. Because our rejoicing's in him, not in our circumstances. Notice this, it also says, And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. Isn't that tremendous? Here is something wonderful about God's people. In thy righteousness they shall be exalted. How can God lift us up and bring us into a right relationship with him and and maintain fellowship with himself? What's it based on? It's based on his righteousness alone. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress. If you look at the fourth thing, it says, for thou art the glory of their strength. There's the work of the people of God. How, how, can they, how can they do this work? It's, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And, and, and then you have here, and in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. It is not tremendous? There's the worth of the people of God. The grace of God coming to us and changing things for us. Here's our warfare, for the Lord is our defense. And then you've got our worship And the Holy One of Israel is our King A sevenfold blessing And there's the sweetness of the joyful sound Seven is the number of perfection Our, our, our walk Our, 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 our wonder our, our, our work, our worth, our warfare Our worship, our witness It's all here Seven things That's the sweetness of the joyful sound. I asked you this morning, will you ponder this subject? Will you discover this secret? Will you go to this source, the king and the throne? And will you know this sweetness for yourself and for your own soul? The Lord bless you this morning. Thank you for coming and thank you for listening.